a Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. Welcome to another episode of The Wellness Collective. Look, in this episode, we talk about what precocious puberty actually is and how Nat saw an increase of children in her clinic presenting with early puberty signs. Why early puberty seems to be on the rise, how to start to treat early puberty, and how stress is important to consider whilst pregnant, and, you know, a whole lot more. All right, here we go. Hello, Natalie. Cecilia. Let's make some podcasts. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. (laughs) Today it's just you and me. I know. I'm actually very excited. I am too. It's really nice. I mean, often we just talk in fleeting kind of like grabs, don't we? It's very, very rare that we have a conversation that's a full conversation outside of these four walls. Totally. And let's be honest, we like the sound of our own voices, so (laughs) we don't mind a bit of a chat. (laughs) But, you know, I, I don't know. Have you got anyone else in your life that sends you an audio message rather than a text message? Um, it's just, you're referring to me, aren't you? It's just you, you yeah. <laughs> um, no, I do. And, well, actually have staff that now do it because oh, I do it to them. Well, I do it too now. I know. Because you've started this Because thing. it's just efficient and effective. <laughs> and and also, do you know, I'm that person that thinks, oh, yeah, I need to text you that, but it's going to take me mm. a good, I need find, you mm. know, three minutes to sit there and do all of that. Yeah, yeah. And so the audio message is excellent. Yeah, in case you don't know. I think it's only Apple phones, though. Yeah, it is. You press the, there's a little button with yeah. a microphone and so you can dictate a message to someone and it sends it as a text. But it sends it as an audio text. An audio text. text. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah, yeah. Yes. And so the first time you sent me one of those, I was like, <laughs> what is this thing? What, what, what witchcraft? You were like, that's you? fancy. That's, whoa. <laughs> okay. But it does feel like you're having a conversation yeah. and it is delightful. Exactly. Anyway, how did we launch into that? I don't know. That's the only way we communicate mm-hmm, unless mm-hmm. we're in a studio. But yes. here we are. Yes. So and today, an important topic to talk about today. We do have an important topic. Yes. Um, so a little while ago, a lady I know called Nat Kringudis uh, <laughs> wrote a book. Uh, it's called Beautiful You. Now, we did talk about your book at the time. Now, I just want to say out there, I'm impressed that you've written a book Full stop. I mean, you've written a bunch of books. I I take my hat off to anybody that writes a book because I feel like it's hard slog. It's very hard. (laughs) That'd be right. I would have to say it doesn't get easier. In fact, this was the hardest book to write. And Mm. I think it was because Beautiful You is geared towards women, Mm. but it's written in a tone for a young woman to understand her body better. Yeah. And for a mother or a loved one to understand how to maybe demonstrate that to a younger person. So it's written quite simply, but I tried to be, I don't know, light about it. Yeah. A little bit of humour. I'm like that anyway. Yeah. So I tried to incorporate all of that. And then I had to think like a 14-year-old. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Did you just want to pash everyone that came past you? <laughs> that was like, okay, what would I have wanted to hear? And so yeah, it really came from a place of what would I have liked to have known mm. when I was 14 that I didn't. Yeah. And, and how did I, think, I fill the gaps in? You know? Well, that's great. Um, actually, do you know how Kaz, Kaz Cook has written all yes. of the Up the Duff and whatever? Yes. I worked with Kaz Cook many, many years ago <laughs> and I said to her, <laughs> you know when you say something and it stays with you, I said to her, oh, my friend's pregnant and she's loving your book Up the Duff because the way you've dumbed down pregnancy is fantastic. And she just looked at me and said, dumbed down? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I meant that as a good thing. <laughs> 
Oopsie. Oh, well. <clears throat> anyway, so you have essentially tried to, well, maybe not dumb down, but, you know, make it. Put it into lay terms, uh, yeah. yes, definitely, with enough detail. Accessible. But also because that's how I need it explained to me. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? Anyway, today we wanted to talk about a particular thing within your book and it came up as a blog post that you put up a couple of weeks ago and I saw it and I was like, oh, you know what, we should actually talk about that mm. because it's. A, I think it's an issue and I'm noticing it myself because my daughter is approaching that age mm-hmm. where it's going to be become apparent and within her peers I've already started to notice that maybe it's a something we're talking about precocious puberty mm-hmm. it's a great name I know it is a, apart from anything else I know and it reminds you of supercalifragilisticexpialidocious because <laughs> it's <laughs> precocious yeah <laughs> even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious I know well the reason I wrote about this was because I was seeing more and more patients in the clinic that were experiencing early onset puberty. They didn't didn't bring themselves there. Their parents brought them there, obviously. Um, But basically, precocious puberty is exactly what it suggests. It's it's early onset puberty that can happen any time before what's considered average age. So the average age is when we were when we yeah. got our period, um, the like average 12, age was, was thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. It's yeah. now around eleven, so it's somewhere between eleven down. to thirteen. Yep. Um, and the reason that we believe that it's getting earlier and earlier is more than likely because of our modern lifestyle. So exposure yep. to toxins, mm. um, higher stress levels, plastics, certain foods. I think foods have been adjusted somewhat. You know, yep. when we were younger, they were definitely blaming it on chicken. <laughs> Whereas then they went and they yes. went and sorted that out. I think Poor they had to, but they chicken, right? Chicken yeah. and meat, is, hormones. It was all right. about the chicken and the hormones being put in it's the all chicken breast. The hormones. Darling. I never knew whether that was legit. Or no, not. that was definitely legit. But, okay, but um, that definitely is part of the reason. Uh, what is has been really interesting, and the reason that I actually did write that piece was because. I started seeing a relationship or a correlation between children that had experienced either high stress and trauma yeah. seeming to be the theme. Okay. And I can't speak, I can only speak on that as anecdotal, but I definitely have noticed a trend mm. that these children that are presenting have experienced some type of yeah. um, great loss, uh, whether it's trauma, whether it's, uh, you know, via an accident or maybe um, some type of abuse. Um, but there's definitely been a higher level of all those con- things being considered stressful mm. and tra- traumatic um, that tends to fire the adrenals up to turn on puberty early. Right. Because that's the role, that's that's what is supposed to happen, yeah. but at a certain time. Yeah. And that's triggered by the brain mm. once they come to an age where the body is ready for that to happen. So... It's very interesting and I guess we're going to have to continue to watch and see, but it makes sense in my mind that if you are experiencing that and showing symptoms, we then can start to address it properly because depending on depending on how you present, what would normally happen is you would go to your doctor because you probably notice that either your child has quite um, obvious body odour yep. or hair growth. They're the mm-hmm. two things that we tend to see. And so any mother... It sees a four-year-old or a five-year-old with pubic hair or, or really? body odor that early. Four or it five. It can happen at any time. Wow. Um, the youngest 
I thought we were talking about sort of like eight or nine age. No, because by around nine, you should be starting to show those signs. Well, it's normal. If Mm. you were, say, to get your period at 11, that would be a normal time frame. Oh, yes, there's there's a progression. There's a progression, definitely. So really what would normally happen in a a female is you show breast buds before anything. Yeah. Right? So... Um, and that can happen from seven or eight or nine. That's not abnormal. They tend to come and go. Breast buds go for a few years. They're there, then they're gone. Let me, really? As in, I didn't know they fluctuated. Well, they kind of. <laughs> I think it's yeah. Well, they tend to they tend to come and go, yeah. and then after a while they don't go. We've they never talked about fluctuating breast buds. No, let's just say that's a new topic for us. <laughs> oh, Hundred episodes yeah. and going Excellent. strong. Yeah. Anyway, so normally you would expect to see that. Mm. You know, like I said, around, I think I noticed Livy's at maybe seven or eight, and mm-hmm. I thought that was a bit early, um, but not abnormally so. Um, so the difference with this is you actually notice pubic hair and yeah, body odour, right. like I said. Okay. So it's different presentation. And normally what anyone would do is go to your doctor at that point and say, I'm a bit concerned, mm-hmm. and I, uh, <laughs> the majority of people actually Dr. Google at that point as well. So they start <laughs> to, you know, go off on a tangent. It's important to establish why it's happening and to have thorough testing done at that point because it can be a result of growths and tumours and you definitely want to rule that out before right. then, you know, being what? told, well, there's no treatment. Or sometimes they will use a, a treatment depending on what it is, but the treatment's quite um, hefty and so steroids and a few other things. So, What kind of tumours or what are you talking about? Yeah, they're normally some type of pituitary or yeah, brain okay. yep. um so tumor. The, so the brain has decided it's time for puberty, even though it isn't. Well, yeah, the tumor kind of is controlling is or okay. impacting the function of the pituitary. But at it that isn't point. necessarily that. So. It's most likely not that. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. Well, yep. I'm seeing a trend where it's most likely not that, mm-hmm. and so therefore the treatment is fairly limited if it's not that, and that's probably why I'm seeing more patients come to me for mm. an alternative approach once we've ruled out anything that's sinister or yep. concerning. Um, and very often, if there isn't an obvious reason, you'll just be told that, okay, you're going to go through puberty early, but that shouldn't impact you in years to come. Oh, I'm glad you said that because that was my question for you. What does it actually mean for the child? It doesn't really mean anything, although the concern is that if they are developing too quickly, yeah. there's concerns around bone health, and then we don't really know at the other end what it means. So, it, Go through menopause that's at right. 35. That's right. There's no <laughs> oh, right. real evidence to suggest that's what happens. Um, but in my mind, I will always think, okay, why is this happening? Mm. So if you've been explained that, oh, there's no real reason, we can't really see, there's no tumour, there's nothing yeah, to you really, never really worry that. about. I never do, do I? <laughs> I always want to ask why. And that's yeah. why I'm looking at this piece, this stress piece being related because that makes complete sense to me. And therefore, if you can address that, you, in again, in my mind, should be able to slow down or at least treat the actual adrenal health to right. see that if you can minimise the impact of that. So I'm only treating kids now, so I don't have, you know, five years down, I don't have the evidence, but I can see it in other areas where we're told, no, that's a definitive, you're never going to be better, that's never going to go away, whether it might be endometriosis or PCOS or whatever that might be. You can't change the genetic disposition, but you can change how the body behaves. And so if you look at the environment, around the child and we can start to look at what else is at play there, I really do feel that you should be able to make some positive changes to at least slow that progression down. Mm. 
It's really interesting, isn't it? I mean, so interesting because it's not, well, there's no science to back me up right now. Just the Nat Kringoodis. <laughs> just the Nat Kringoodis. But, <laughs> but it, there is there's some fairly um, good research with Chinese medicine in this area. Yep. Um, and so that's good because that's my craft. So yep. I'll always revert to that anyway and use that. And and so far um, we've seen some positive outcomes. So it'll be interesting to see what happens for these children down the track. I think, though, if you think about the adrenal stuff, I mean, how do you treat adrenals in that way? Like what do you do? Yeah, well, the adrenals respond to stress. They're the glands that sit mm. on the tops of the ovaries. And when we are in a stressful situation, they will release adequate adrenaline and cortisol to meet the demands. And, you know, the role really, especially of cortisol and adrenaline, is to shut down the organs that aren't required in that minute, Mm. flush or flood, sorry, the arms and legs with blood so that we can save ourselves. Fight or flight. Right, that's fight Mm. or flight. Yeah. But a constant state of fight or flight, you can start to see Mm. not only are the adrenals being overworked, probably not having much of an appetite, not sleeping, not like... It affects everything. So yeah. even that in itself, yep. if you can start to reverse that and, and at least treat the adrenals, even just to calm them down, mm. then that should have a knock-on effect to allow... Oh, for everything. Right, absolutely, yep. to allow the rest of the body function to, to be where it, it you know would normally be outside of a stressful situation. My uh, little man who's 10, he's been having a bit of a rough time. His adrenals have been working overtime lately, as have many people's adrenals. Let's face it, um, you're going to be working overtime with your adrenal fatigue uh, clinic. Yeah. But I I introduced the idea to him the other day. We went for a bushwalk and it was so interesting because there is a big talk about, you know, um, when you're feeling stressed and what have you, getting out into nature is a really good way to kind of balance you. And I 100% agree with that. I think fresh air and sunshine, if it's available to you, and, you know, trees and even the smell of like rotting bark and nice mud and all that stuff. Yes, it just earthy kind of. Yeah, it yes. just, it grounds yes. you, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. So we went for this walk and we, and we, about 20 minutes, took him about 20 minutes before he really kind of started to relax into it. And um, I said to him, I introduced the idea of fight or flight. I said, okay, so this is what's going on in your body right now. Not that I'm an expert, but I'm like, your brain, when it feels threatened, is going to either be fight or flight. And um, I said, okay, so imagine if a saber-toothed tiger came out at you. And, of course, then he took it off in this tangent of, no, well, I'd love to see a saber-toothed tiger, <laughs> la, la, la. But you know, I think when you actually boil it down to that is actually going on at a biological level, it's it's so much easier to understand for kids mm. particularly. Like you're feeling like this and it's so hard to identify how you feel and to put it into words. But mm. if you think about it that way that you, you know, do you feel like you're being attacked by something like, an, like a saber-toothed tiger? This is your brain. This is your really, really, really old part of your brain still acting like this. Yeah. Yes, and it hasn't changed and we haven't evolved. And so, <laughs> but our lives ha- are completely different mm. to what they were a thousand years ago, 2,000 years ago, 10,000 years ago. We're not the same, but that part of our brain still operates the same. So funny. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Oh, catch I know, up. Catch up, mate. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. So, you know, it is it is important to, to really, I think, think outside of the box Mm. When it comes to, I was talking about this today. It's, it's we want to treat the symptom. 
They're like, oh, well, Always. we don't want the, you know, the BO or the pubic hair. Can I just say, I hate BO. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. I hate it. It's horrible. Can, Actually, can anybody, like, it's a natural thing. I get that. But the smell of a stinky person <laughs> just <laughs> makes me want to spew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say anymore. It's pretty bad. But it's really bad. Yeah, I, actually, it's one of the things I really can't tolerate. No. I have a really hard time. It's awful. It is actually a bit, like, mm-hmm. a little bit vomitizing, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm. So what do you do when someone's got it? <laughs> like, what do you do with your nine-year-old when they start to get right. a bit pongy? Well, this is the thing, too, is you can pra- teach them to practice good hygiene and make mm. sure that they're doing that as Shampoo well. Shampoo their armpits. Well, actually, um, scrub, like... Uh, facial scrub or body yeah, scrub right. to get rid of. We should all really be doing that because, especially as adults, we would have probably <laughs> a fair amount of build up. Of, well, this is the thing; it does linger, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. Right. And so, because it's it's a response to bacteria. The smell is a a, um, mm. a bri- I guess you call it a byproduct of. I guess of so. Bacteria. Can I just say, I do tell my husband sometimes to shampoo his armpits. <laughs> Maybe he should wax them. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I don't think I could do. I don't think I could deal with that. That would be weird. Oh, you're not waxing it. He's got to wax no, it. No, but but I don't know. I think well, man hair in particular. Does he condition is as fine. well? Does he condition under there as well <laughs> when you do that? I don't know if he does it. It's just my suggestion <laughs> to him. But oh, you know, gosh. Yep. that's funny. Well, um, I did actually. What I didn't mention is one other reason that that can happen is infection. I didn't mention that before as well, but that's unlikely. Um, what in, kind of infection? Um, some type of, um, I would ma- imagine, lingering or ongoing oh, right. infection. So it's like in a the, reaction in the body to yeah, yeah, that yeah. infection. So yeah, yeah, even, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it's always important, like we're saying, to make sure that you do seek the right advice to rule anything out that's yeah. um, sinister. And then failing that, like I said, that's mm. when you would go and explore other options and really think outside of that, you know, what else has been going on for the child Um the other suspicion I have yes. is during pregnancy what the mother is going through that may fire up the baby's yeah, adrenals let's talk as well. about that because um, isn't it interesting the way babies just pop out the way they are? Personality loaded, ready yeah. to go. Yes. And, you know, we did talk about the, the, the penis yes. issues, yes. which is such a big one because you think about, what you do when you're pregnant does have an impact on your baby long term and yet you may not know that like you think you're doing all the right things or you may just be oblivious. I think I was completely oblivious. I I think being oblivious is probably better actually, but anyway. Mostly, yeah. (laughs) But I think it's important. We as women now work throughout our pregnancies more than we ever have. Yeah, yeah. So stress is always a thing. Yeah. I think my mum might have worked part-time. Although... My grandma, I was just thinking about my grandma. She had five children. She came across on a boat from England with three mm. little children, had to be separated from her husband on oh, the boat because women and children were one side right. and then were the other side. And then she worked as soon as she got here. She had my auntie uh, and came home from hospital and put my auntie in a basket and ran a shop. She ran a, wow. a, a milk bar. Wow. So my dear, even, she was very stressed. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. But I think the level of stress and the... The external stresses were extremely different. There was no Facebook for her to worry about. Well, there's that. (laughs) Yes. Well, (laughs) people just not being kind. Um, 
No, I think that, you know, we underestimate things like driving a car is stressful. You just are on autopilot when yeah, you're right. doing it. Of course. Right? So yeah. there's certain things that are etched into your subconscious that you're programmed that you just do every day that you do and you don't think about it. But when you're driving a car, there's so much going on. Mm-hmm. Signs, other people, cars. Yep. There's a lot to coordinate. Yep. Um, so that's just one example of many. But I think our our day-to-day lives, our nutrition, like I said before, mm. I think for the most part we aren't silly about that as much as we were. I think we understand nutrition a bit better yes. generally. Although it's very easy to think about nutrition but not practice good nutrition. Oh, yeah. And most people would say, oh, no, I eat great. Yeah. And, and then, then when you <laughs> actually look at it, <laughs> I did that the other day. I thought, you know, every time my kids want something to eat, I cut them up. I cut them up a fruit platter, I give them some nuts, I Mm -hmm. give them, you know, this, that and the other. And I think, yep, okay, that's fine. I know in my mind I've got a mental tick list of what what fruit and vegetables they've eaten throughout the day. Myself, however, Mm -hmm. I get to the end of the day and I think, did I actually eat four savoys with Vegemite (laughs) and butter on them and (laughs) that's all? (laughs) Yeah. I know. I know, you're right. I I, I think, yes, that is very true and it's something we need to check in with, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think our exposure to chemicals is higher than ever Mm. and we don't even get a say in that, that, you know, (laughs) the footbaths are sprayed (laughs) with all sorts of horrible things. You can't control what your council necessarily is putting out there in the environment. They just don't want to see any weeds or whatever's convenient or easy for them. Um, That's a big problem. Smart meters, um, you know, lots of things that are convenience mm. for the organisation are not necessarily great for us. But yeah. that's where the end of the line with that and that can impact us. When we spoke to um, Nicole, yeah, I can't never say a surname. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, I'm not even going to try. Don't try. But yes, um, Nicole, she was yes, the she was, building biologist. Yes, and she had a great story about, you mm. know, her own personal experience and yeah, how that, that did impact her um, ability to conceive and, and now she educates people around that. But all these things, EMFs, um, Wi-Fi, just it's it's constant. And all of these things add up to be stress, not to mention if your body's not working properly. So if your liver isn't happy or your thyroid or your gut or any of the, the um, systems of the body aren't working, well, that's another stress on an already stressed out situation. So I think for us as women, we are working throughout our pregnancy, we are exposed to many things that can actually activate the adrenals for the baby in utero and that's when we can see problems on the other side and it might not be extremely problematic but it might be things like an unsettled baby mm. or a, a sleepless baby or um, it, but it can then I feel if you look at it logically it would contribute to precocious puberty potentially yeah. as well yeah that was episode 20. And That's a long time ago. Nicole Biao, Biao. Biao. <laughs> but We're doing a very bad job of saying it. So apologies, Nicole. Interesting though, um, <laughs> you know when you have, a, have moments in your life where you're like, is this really happening? I had a thing earlier this year where a friend of mine's a photographer and she said, oh, um, would you be interested in having a photo shoot at your house? And I was like, sure, whatever. Uh, and it was for a building biologist. Oh, and she go. came and she she they, so they did this photo shoot um, at my house because we renovated a house a few years ago and it had has lots of light. So I think she was like, "Yep, that's good." And um, anyway, it worked out that she left me a whole pile of Nicole's cleaning oh, products amazing. as a thank you, and 
They were really great. And our local Whole Foods shop, you can refill them. Brilliant. I'm like, the world is weird. Yes. You find these things out and you go, I know. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, and then you presented with it even better. I know. Love it. Love it. It's like a prize package. <laughs> Love it. Well, I think it comes down, all of these things really at the end of the day, comes down to logic. And I think the reason that we were excited to create an episode like mm. this is to have that information in your toolkit, to, but to also know that there are options and you don't just yeah. sit back and go, oh, I'm just going to wait for my child to go it. through puberty now. Yeah. You can do things that are not only going to help to support their health, but mm. also be proactive if this did arise. You yes. know, if you saw the signs of this happening, you don't necessarily need to freak out. But I get many phone calls from women absolutely freaking out. And that's our default, isn't it? You know? But also too, I think keep in mind that everyone's different. You know? And that's hard to that's hard to figure out too. And you know what? Some kids just do develop <laughs> yeah. early, and some kids do develop later, and that's okay. Because do you not remember that bell curve when your kids were little, and you had to like they had to sit somewhere on the bell curve? Oh yeah, the uh, what's it called? The the percentiles. <sighs> that's it. Yeah. But even when you think about yourself being at school and looking around at the other kids around you, everyone was doing things at a different rate. Totally. You know, and different, I mean, there's different age groups. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, there's quite a big age mm-hmm. difference mm-hmm. within a year level at school, but puberty in particular, I can remember some girls in grade six being completely like boobs, the whole bit, and I was still like a four-year-old boy. No, right. <laughs> Until oh I was about 13 I got to be the biggest I ever was in grade six. I was like, I grew. Oh, did and you? And I grew, yeah, and I was the tallest for about wow. three minutes. Can you imagine me Woo! being the tallest? Oh, my God. I you was love and love. And then that yeah. was over. That then ended. That was done. Yeah, well, I think that's great. Um, also, too, uh, you know, behind the scenes sneak, I did an email the other night at about 11 o'clock at night. Hang on, can I just say behind the scenes sneak, you're having a glass of wine right now. I am. Yeah, we came in early and, you know, there's limited options for going out for a glass of wine, so we decided to have one while we recorded. So thank you for being part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I emailed Steve Biddle, who is yes, that's the exciting. wonderful psychologist who talks about kids' development, uh, boys and girls, and the, he's got a great book about men called Manhood, I believe. Anyway, he said he's too busy to come and play with us right now, but he's going to join us in 2021. We love this. And I'm very excited about that because, you know, he talks a lot about that stuff as well. So we do have a new review, Cecilia, oh, and it says, on. the title says, Love, Love, Love. Oh, well, I would just love to point out also <laughs> that Love, 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 five stars. Great. That's- Brilliant. Um, Thanks for your great podcast. I'm following up with all the books and resources from all the fabulous guests you have. I feel so inspired. Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you. We love it. We love a good review We and we also love to learn where you are when you're listening to us. Take a picture. We love to share it. What are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? So if you would like to leave a review for us, we would really, really love that because it makes a big difference to us to know what is resonating with you and it also helps other people listen to Mm -hmm. us to, you know, gives them that little avenue to enter. So what you do is you need to go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review on that platform. Go on, go and do it now. I mean, what are you actually yeah, doing? Exactly. Go on, take your five <laughs> you seconds. nothing else to do. No, you've got nothing to do. Don't worry about the kitchen. Don't worry about the kids. Don't worry about the <laughs> going for the walk. Or you can do it when you get home before you walk yes. back inside. Yes. Yeah, totally. great idea. Anyway, I hope this episode has left you feeling happier, healthier and better. And we will catch you next yes, time. Yes, you will. 